Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that those are coming. It's been a while, thanks to traveling and all-around world shenanigans. It's not been a great couple weeks. That's um, been tough. Yeah. Months. But, but we're the words you're looking for is months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week we're catching up with thoughts on some big movies and TV to distract us from the hellscape of our lives. Uh, this includes Jordan Peele's latest sci-fi thriller, Nope. Uh, Marcel, The Shell With Shoes On, a title that I always think I'm going to get wrong. Thor, colon, Love and Thunder, lots of colons. Um, Lightyear, Stranger Things, and more. All right, as always, rate and review us wherever you are able to do such things. It could be podcast uh, app on Apple. It could be, I think, maybe the, the one on the Androids. I uh, think you should just run out into the street and yell, we love the Knicks podcast. <laughs> that helps, too. Like, we'll take anything <laughs> at this point. Um, send out your, uh, you know, your sky writing, your, yep. um, your tacky, like, flags over the beach on Long Island. Like, whatever you got to do, spread the word. Uh, You're just into the us. tacky flags that hurt, that mess things up. <laughs> exactly. That's that's Got a theme a- coming. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you doing, Fanny? We should do a little just like check in. Um, <laughs> you can keep it. I'm fine. Work's crazy. Life's crazier. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I I don't have you know the world is doing weird and terrible things and also kind of okay things. I uh, how are you? Let's go there. I will start with, I made a joke to somebody, I don't know, two months ago before all this started, that it was not actually hot girl summer, it was indeed cough girl summer. Oh. <laughs> and then I turned 50, I caught COVID, uh, we both lost a dear friend, uh, Ken, who was on this podcast um, and did our Golden Girls episode, um, just a f- fucking wonderful human being and we lost him unexpectedly and go back and listen to that episode because he's funny and brilliant and we miss him a lot he was our friend Um, we thank him for that yeah um and but then i had a intense trip going to his uh his homeland in denmark um and i man also my homeland that's i apparently i passed 15 minutes from the town where my great-grandfather uh, was born and it was really fun just being there and uh you know soaking all of that up but also thinking about ken and just sort of um you know experiencing the culture through everything i n- know about ken and it was sort of like the rest of the picture about uh, him so that was like wonderful and you know not like the funnest easiest trip in the world but also like a really powerful great trip and kind of what travel can do and be sort of special for absolutely um but i'm also happy to be back um and feeling better covid was you know not fun but i'm i'm doing great so cough girl summer fuck you um (laughs) (laughs) that's right all right should we get into just silly stuff yeah Um, let's get into it all right, so we are going to start with a review of Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele is back with his third movie. Is there an exclamation mark, or is it just Nope? It's just Nope. Okay, good. I mean, God bless him for not, for, you know. He likes his one-word titles, he, and he doesn't put any... Pr- <laughs> he did not want to torture his copy editors by trying to sneak in a little exclamation mark. Well, it's then it's ex- a musical. Exactly. True. Uh, this one is about a brother and sister, played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, uh, who take over their father's horse training business, uh, which is related to Hollywood and sort of horse stunts uh, in a remote valley in Southern California. Also in that valley, there is a mysterious cloud that never seems to move. What's in it? What's Stephen Wynn doing at his Western-themed uh, park down the way? What's the deal with all the flappy, inflatable men seating all over the marketing, pam- marketing campaign? Wow, I can't speak. Um, all these answers and coming. More. And more. On the next episode of are they the Are they coming? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to go non-spoilers first because this movie oh, is gosh. very, 
very the marketing has been so careful. Yes. Um, so we don't want to give away too much. I think we just want to do general takes and then we'll get into spoilers. What did you think of Nope? Okay, general takes. I'm going to be super, super careful. And it's hard to talk about this movie while being careful. My general takes are I do not love everything Jordan Peele does on the small screen. And in fact, I've been very disappointed. I have adored every single one of his movies. And I this is no exception for me. I think he makes spectacular films. I enjoy sitting through them. I enjoy thinking about them. I enjoy what they do after. I have other thoughts. I'm sure that I will quibble with other people about and possibly even you, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed my time in the movie theater. I wished I had longer in the movie theater with it, which again might be something we can talk about. Um, I loved it. I just, I, awesome. I adore his films. I loved it. What'd you think? So I, if you go back and listen, we've definitely reviewed us on this podcast. I think we was get out like before we started. Get out was, it was definitely before we started. Slightly before. Um, get out is, I, is it's, I a masterpiece. Said the, it's a masterpiece. There's just, it is a perfect blend of, um, sort of theme and narrative drive. It's a tight little, like wonderful, yeah. no like, crowd pleaser, no notes, but also just like all the themes are spot on. Yep. Uh, if you go back and listen, I think us, I started to feel the separation between the ideas of what he was grappling with and the, and just the general cloud, crowd pleasing, cloud pleasing. That's funny. No, nope. yeah. uh, but like the, the instinct of like, I've got to please the crowds with this sort of like sort of thrillery story. I started to feel the tension in that a little bit. And I, I will say that us, I think in, in hindsight, and, and this movie might be the same way. I think um, the, the the ideas behind Nope are what I remember and what I'm most excited about. The dumb comedy and the like, sort of like plot mechanics. I'm a little like, oh, it hurts my brain to think about it. Still, um, this movie is sort of more of the same. Like for me, with with us, where I love the ideas. My God, he is like. I don't even know if he went to, like, film school or art school, but he's, like, he thinks, like, a fucking crazy scholar. Like, I mean, the ideas in this from kind of, like, you know, I think we can get into this without getting too into spoilers, <laughs> thinking about spectacle. I mean, I took a dumb, like, American studies class uh, when I had a very brief stint in um, getting my master's, and it was all about, like the sort of the the spectacle and the punishment of spectacle and the sort of fetishization and it's like he is so engaged with these ideas in such a fun smart brilliant way but the mechanics of this thing did not work for me at all and i think that'll have to wait for spoilers it like will. I, um and and whether or not that matters to you will have to wait for right. spoilers and the rela- i think why I even give us an edge on this was um, Lupita Nyong'o's performance oh. and character in Us is so good that you she anchors the movie in a way that I feel like this movie was missing an anchor for me character wise. Like I think it's I think it's his worst film, and yet I still recommend seeing it. Like because well, and it's see it a in million the times more thoughtful than anything that Ebelts is doing, but. Yes. Um, I think the other final thing I'll say is that there's been so much talk about like all of his Spielberg homage stuff, which I think it's a little overblown. I think there's a lot of things that work in his movies, um, but there are clearly some Spielberg things. And it made me really think about Spielberg's kind of take on on this sort of topic. And Spielberg was so devoid of ideas and thoughts, <laughs> but he's got a brilliant sense of just like character beats and sort of just like getting in the stories in a very childlike simplistic way and Peel's blessing and curse and from my perspective is that he's so thoughtful about it that it actually like undermines all the kind of basic crowd pleasing mechanics I will say after I saw this movie the audience at least it, when I saw it at Bay Street was like ready to leave like it was dead silent like oh, people wow. were getting up that's interesting I could tell the audience was not with this movie by the end and I kind of Felt I did not have that same experience when I saw it at Bay Street. Well, did you see okay. it in IMAX? Just curious. I saw it in the Dolby okay. Cinema. All right. Um, all right, I think we have to talk about spoilers because Parker and I had to pee, and we yeah. were one of the first ones out. Yeah, and we had to like kind of step over people who were not super people thrilled that we around. were stepping. Oh yeah, wow. no okay. people. 
Yeah. We saw it in the IMAX, and yeah. I don't know if that matters, or but people were engaged where we were. So. I think this is a great segue into spoilers. Um, turn away if you don't want it. Um, one uh, one horse with a title that's the uh, one chapter one. One layer of the UFO, <laughs> two <laughs> layers of the thing, three. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I just want to jump right into this. That the part of the movie that the audience reacted the most to when I was watching it was the fake out um, with the the little kids being aliens right. because everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Now we're actually getting some like fun, scary like, and it was scary. And it was scary, that was right? Spooky man. Yeah, the but way it was moved. scary, but also like so corny. You're like, yeah. "Really? Is this what we're doing?" Right. And it's like that tension. He's so interested in, and that in itself is like super interesting and weird, right? Like, totally. I'm gonna fake you out, but it's gonna be with something that you're very familiar with, like Little Green Men. Right. But it's kind of spooky, but it's they also great, fake out, but... and I'm like less interested in that, right? Like, right. Um, and the audience was so like, "Oh my god, what is that?" And then you could feel almost watching the movie that the rest of the movie sort of wasn't connecting. I mean, it definitely didn't connect with me, and then I kind of felt like with my audience, it just. As a monster movie, for me, it's like, I love that it was not um, just little green men, you know, coming down and whatever. I loved that it wasn't like a traditional jellyfish in the sky, even though it was sort of a jellyfish in the sky. But I didn't really think it was scary or interesting. It just looked like a big, like, computer blob in the sky. And I think... For me, if a creature feature, what it looked like was important. It was for me. It's a creature feature, and and see, that's the thing. That's the difference here. Is I didn't. I don't care about the creature being scary. I don't care. The it was the idea of there's a thing that is threatening this family, and they are fighting together or whatever. I don't care what the thing looks like. It does not bother me. I don't care what. I kind of don't care what plot mechanics you have to do to figure out, oh, how did he figure out not to look at it? Or how did he – does not bother me a bit. The bigger feeling of the tension of looking out for each other and trying to do something together and was much more interesting to me. And I do not give a shit if the thing is scary. I don't care if it's CGI. I don't care. I was, I I thought it was interesting that they made it a creature. I was happy about that instead of it just being a UFO. Um, I, I, I so didn't care about the creature itself. And I don't know that Peel did. Yeah, which to me is like you made a creature feature, you gotta care about the creature. A but I don't bit. think he made a creature feature. Um, I think you wanted him to make a creature feature. Uh, I don't know. It's a creature feature at the end of the day. Like I, you get, you're playing I mean, the tropes, you gotta respect the trope. But um, and I, kind of. But then you play with the tropes, and his trope was it's not a UFO. It's it's something that's coming for you, right? And. I mean, even the scene where the people are like the people. To me, this is a perfect example of how the movie, like viscerally, had no impact on me. Is like all those people getting sucked up and slowly digested and screaming as they're that should have been terrible. Like it's like oh, I found it super creepy, and that you could hear them screaming as they went away. That that was creepy. But to me, I was just like, where are they? What are these? Folds and I then also, when it unfolded, I was like, "How did it digest those people?" It's just a bunch of ribbons at the end. Are of the you going to know that if? A tr- <laughs> but but here's the thing: you're being chased by that creature. You're going to know the answers to that. No, you're not going to know. So why would they know? I why would know. Peel know? It just I don't know. It just felt to me like it was so building up to the reveal of what that creature was, and as a reveal, it was not very satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I will say also, going back to what you were saying about the family dynamics, I did not care about these characters, oh, either one of them. Like, wow. Um, and I was surprised. I, I really like both those actors. I thought Kalula was great. I thought but, Kiki Palmer was great, too. I thought the kid that played the fries guy, I loved him. He was actually my he favorite part great. of the movie. He, he was, was so good. So funny. But again, I don't know what he's doing in the movie so much. He has such a big role. And it's like... He's, he's helping! funny, but it's like, what are you 
doing? And then, the, like, the filmmaker with the crank thing, like, what are you doing in this movie? Steven Wen, I love the monkey stuff. I get the spectacle metaphor. I get the right. themes well, you're and that on, but, like... he didn't ever learn to respect to not... I mean, yeah. I thought that was super interesting. The idea that he had already witnessed, A, the whole child star thing, and then you turn around and you pull Kiki Palmer in. I thought that was all interesting. But also... What was she a star in? I don't even I, know this, which is terrible. But... I, it's terrible for me, too. I know that she did stuff as a child... It was around Some the time that I was not, yeah, that I was, stuff. yeah, that I was not engaged in kid right. stuff. I do know that she did stuff as a child. Yeah. Um, I thought that that the you know manifesting his trauma and yet still not ever understanding it, living in his trauma and not understanding it enough to learn that maybe you shouldn't turn. I mean, weirdly, I found that was super his story so compelling, but the fact that he's sort of like, he and his wife and his kids are sort of dispatched in this way that it's like very not, I just, I kept, I don't know, I just, I kept feeling the competing sort of like right. narrative interest in the story and not latching on to anything I was watching. Yeah, that's funny. I latched um, on to pretty much all of it. I found, I think the last... I don't know, 30 minutes, maybe, whatever, when, whenever they start their, the filming, I love the, I know that lots of people, maybe I, I don't know how I picked up on it, because, but I did, when people are like, well, why did the cinematographer go ahead and just sacrifice himself? I still don't understand any of that. You, he had a bottle of pills? Yeah. That he was, I think he was dying. Okay. And so I think he was like, what the fuck, I'm gonna go for the shot, I'm gonna see what this is. And he was taking, and they made a point of him taking pills. I do think that it's just a. It's a. I think it, that there's a half an hour longer cut of this I, movie. There's been a lot of talk about this, and I, I felt I, I 100 agree that I'd felt like there was a lot of like stuff around the edges that I was like, right. I have no idea what's happening and here I, or why. Somebody's... Thanks for for people that don't want to live in the vague like you. I think in a half an hour longer version of this movie, when it gets released, I think that probably it's. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be yeah. here for it because I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, this, but, to his credit, I would rewatch it because right. the ideas are so good. Yep. Um, and I so appreciate the swings. Um, yep. Oh, I mean, I love that. And, and I'm a little irritated with that. Now, okay. I didn't hate Signs. That's as damning with faint praise as I'm going to give Signs. I think up until it's it shit the bed, movie. Signs is an entertaining movie. With nothing on its mind. Yeah, I will never ever forget Joaquin Phoenix and Amanda Breslin sitting on the couch with tinfoil on their head. It's just the greatest right. scene, you know, and Mel Gibson like, what is going on here? That movie shit the bed eight times. I still don't hate it. I would still watch it again because it's still also, but I find it's not fair to compare. Lots of people are comparing. Right. They're very different. They're very different. I think Peel's ideas are, you know, he has much more on his mind than Shyamalan did. 100%. Shyamalan might be a better popcorn purveyor. I do think that's a possibility. He's a good filmmaker. I'm not taking anything away from him. He shoots good movies. He knows knows his shit. Yes. He knows knows how to do his stuff. I'm not taking away from him. I, he makes me sad because he's talented. Yeah. It's the same reason Tom Cruise before he became, you know, thinks he's God, used to make me sad because he is so talented and he throws it away on being charismatic. And I think Shyamalan does the same thing. Yeah. I don't think Peel does that. Right, I think such different things. Yes. Yeah. I think Peel is much more interested in exploring ideas. And I do think that this movie got cut down. I hope for your sake that there is a longer version that gets released so that you can come over to my side. <laughs> because I loved it. I, I loved it. I had a great time. I thought I thought it, you know, very down, you know, and I only know these things because of reading, you know, think pieces or whatever, but down to the TMZ guy's name being the la- same last name as the filmmaker that filmed the jockey. So they have that jockey right, piece right. of film that's a that's a black jockey who whose name in real life has been lost to history. Right. The man that filmed that and made it famous, I don't know what his last name is because I didn't write it down. But in the movie, the TMZ guy 
has the same last name as the real man that shot that movie. That's cool, but what does that mean? It means that he was coming to take away that take away the he was taking away the same power that was taken away from the black jockey. That's Got what it. it means. Okay. He came in to steal from the Haywoods what I was stolen from them. Did not pick up beginning. that name. Well, of course you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't know that, and that's yeah. fine. And in but, fact, that TMZ guy was also like to me, like, really, we're introducing another person, and they've got this weird Daft Punk helmet on, and I don't understand why. Because it's it like, looked. I know exactly why. <laughs> because it looked like the thing that spooked the horse in the front in the in the beginning of the movie. But. Why would he be wearing it in a practical narrative sense? Because <laughs> like... it probably shielded him from, you know, like, it, I don't know. Yeah. He had a camera on his head or something, but I know why they had him in that mirror. And he just thought he was a cool dude. Yeah. I, there's cool so dudes many have stupid shit. Little details like that where I, I, I just, like, narratively, it was very frustrating for me. It's just sort of a just straight, like... As a monster movie fan, that's like, fine. And, you know. and see, I'm not a monster movie person, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not a I'm not a UFO person. So yeah. I was sort of like, I'm not going to be into this because I'm not UFOs. Right, it's not my thing. I don't yeah. like close encounters. I'm not. It's not fire in the sky. Whatever. DB Sweeney touched me once at a bar. That's much more interesting to me than <laughs> fire in the sky. That's. I mean, just... the aliens are kind of boring. I, I agree yeah. with the alien major so, stories. Now, a good final question for you: Do you think? Um, Daniel Kaluuya's character survived. Oh, yeah. I do. I mean, I know some people don't. Oh, yeah. No, I absolutely do. So what's the out yonder I mean, that's why she's laughing like that is because she sees him and she knows they're okay, that that he's okay and he's there. What what do you think the out yonder thing meant? Because he's very clearly, you see him under that sign. Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't. No, I do think he survived. Yeah, I I, I get what people. I, I understand what people think, and it was like hazy there and whatever. But I think that that she wouldn't have been that relieved, right? If he wasn't actually there. Watching it, it was. It's funny. Like I only sort of even grokked that conversation when other podcasters right. and like articles were talking about it. Right. But I was like. Like, sadly, I just wasn't invested enough in their, like, sibling right. relationship that I was like, I don't even really know or care whether he's alive. Because well, that whole scene felt so botched to me also. And I <laughs> do like, I mean, I'm one of the people that wasn't mad when my screen went black for, I know you haven't watched it, but you know what I'm talking about, Sopranos. When my screen right. went black, I went, fuck yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So for me, I like that. You get to walk away. Did they, you know... Did they get reunited? Will people believe their picture? I'm not. I don't so much care if they get their picture. Yeah, I think that they got through it. But also, my I wouldn't be so worried about capturing it on film. I'd be worried about how do we kill it. Exactly. So right. um, I understand why some people would be like, let's let's figure it out. Yeah. I just. I mean. I, I think Kalula's face acting is so amazing. That one scene where he's sitting in the car toward the end, and he, you know, it's another one where he says nope several times. But he, you know exactly what that man is feeling simply by the way he moves an eyeball. I think he's so talented. Well, weirdly, I the whole movie I kept thinking. This character is depressed. Oh yeah, something. no, he absolutely was. But I was like, what's what's behind that what's happening like, his father died because a nickel fell through his eyeball but there was something else <laughs> well and yeah that, there and was again maybe a longer too. cut his, may his, delve into this more i mean his dad was sort of distant and, yeah and more involved in raising the horses and and that story than he was in either one of those kids yeah and which is in there too, that's, I was sort of like, yeah how are you siblings i want to understand all of this more because they see was, and i think that i got that yeah. I felt like they told that story. I totally got that. He'd been sort of distant. They both loved him. It was obvious that the dad loved them, but he was much more about doing this to the point that he took the girl's horse away and, and robbed her of that opportunity. And the brother didn't stand up for her, but they all still loved him. I got it all. I didn't have a problem with any of that. And there's a scene briefly where they show the mother's photo, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What's the story there?" Like, yeah. there's so much, yeah. so much. Did you catch the, the um, scissors on Nguyen's desk? No, I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> there's like very. It was quite obviously a, yeah. an Easter well, egg for and yeah. um, the Carrie references with the bleeding house and. Oh, the, I mean, the bleeding I the house Carrie scene thing. was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I will say. 
so many of the individual scenes were like fantastic. Yep. I mean, that image, the image of all the little flaily yep. car sales people. Um, I think those early scenes of seeing the actual, you know, creature alien yeah, ship were just, like yep. cool, and that there was so much that like I was on board for that it just. You know, it's like, I've, look, it wouldn't, funny. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a good film if it didn't challenge yeah. me. So, and it did. So I'm like, I'm recommending it. Yes. I just, I, I wanted something else. Both and I better. knew that the yeah. I knew exactly. I was like, oh, this Justin cannot live in the vague. This yeah. is not going to have been for Justin. Yeah. It's not, he's not going to hate it, but he is not going to have had the reaction that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a little of some of the Twilight Zone show stuff that he did. Like, I get that. Good ideas, but like execution sort of just not working get for that. me. Um, all right. Should we do other stuff? Sure. Um, you want to things do we've both seen. Oh, wait. Yes. Let's do movies um, we've both seen. Okay. We'll do movies we've both seen. Uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Yay. Uh, this is the full length feature version of the... Uh, YouTube web series with Jenny Slate doing a very hilarious not snail but shell um, and just sort of a sort of sweet um, lonely anxious little shell Uh, first of all like I don't know like I don't know about you but I I had seen the web series and been like it's kind of cute I don't know like it's fine I had never seen the web series it's kind of weird but I don't know like sure and then I was like why would I want to see like a full length version of this and I kept hearing it was great so I took a chance. I had very low expectations. What did you think of Marcel the Shell with shoes on? I loved Marcel the Shell with shoes on so much. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never seen the YouTube show. I was engaged and adored this movie from the first frame until the last. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It has stuck with me. It has some lines of such stunning depth and importance and i don't say that lightly that i think i think this is an important movie and i think that lots of people need to see it and that it might really it will at least help kids deal with grief if not other people i i i'm somewhat speechless on the impact that I feel like this movie had on me and how badly I want to see it again. I, I, what'd you think? That's, that's, it. Um, I'm a cry. So. Yeah. I, I think I did not know going in how much it was going to be about grief. And given what we just talked about with our friend, Ken, uh, I was very much in a state to hear that and experience that. Uh, I cr- I think I started crying about halfway through this movie and did not stop crying for the entire second half, even though it's sort of like um, a hopeful movie. Oh, like, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, this movie is fantastic. I think it's like a weird kids like masterpiece, like sort of in that vague space where it's like sort of a kids movie, but not at all a kids movie. But yeah. um, it's so funny and sweet and very limited in scope by sort of definition that it tells this really like almost feels like a classic kids book. It just has a very wonderful. Um, we should also mention Isabella Rossellini is yeah. in this movie, uh, like way more than I thought she'd be. Um, it is so funny, so sweet. Um, yeah, I there's not like you can't really go into it other than you're like like you're saying like the lines that. Yeah. smack you in the face where you're just like oh here's what you were doing with this the whole time like, but without feeling like like they are not written in a way that's like oh here this is gonna be important yeah it's not manipulative it's just a oh oh my god yes yeah that is what that feels like yeah. that's what those days feel like when you're sitting in grief yeah and damn Oh my god! And like we're kind of all just shells with shoes on, yeah. which I don't think I got that joke until I saw mm. this movie because it's really like we're all just shells with shoes on, like we're temporary vessels of emotions, and some of those are grief, some of those are hope, some of those are you know <laughs> sort yep. of connection, some of those are just like being goofy and sassy. Um, yeah. The relationship between Marcel and the dog is oh. like going to be one of my favorite. Yeah. Kind of just comedy duos of the year. Yep. Um, perfect comic timing. 
so fun. I loved this movie. I will absolutely watch this again. One thing I think I there's will... no way this isn't showing up in our top ten. Oh no, year. absolutely not. And one <laughs> Which thing I'm so I will... surprised about. Yeah. One thing I will also say, I absolutely loved. This is it's uh, the cinematographer is a trans woman. Um, it is quite Marcel's very non-binary esque. Um, I loved that they didn't that they said it to take a, make a community that they're the the words that were chosen in this film were so careful right and it was it was such a gift to a queer community that right down to that to choosing that particular word it's important to people it's important to people who need that and i just thought it was a gift and i loved it and, well, and the fact that the the community, without going to spoilers at all, like the community as revealed is like <laughs> hilariously like, oh, I didn't even know that was an option in the community. Right. Um, yes. So, which yeah, also right, didn't Tracks. know that was an option, and it is. Tracks it's all options. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. What a fucking delightful movie. Yep. Um, all right. We also both watched The Bear. This is on Hulu. This stars my uh, thirst object, um, Jeremy Allen White. Is that his name? Jeremy Allen White. Um, Explain the math of Jeremy Allen White for me. Shameless, um, which I never finished, which now I'm like, do I just go back and watch all of Shameless again, apparently? I don't know. Uh, this is a much-claimed show everybody's been talking about. You've probably heard about it. It is about a uh, sort of four-star kind of Michelin-level chef who um, ends up going back to uh, his Chicago home neighborhood and taking over the family uh, beef sandwich uh, business and deals with a lot of uh, grief, a lot of anxiety about how he's going to keep this restaurant afloat, has to figure out how to kind of get everybody on board with his vision. Um, It is also the story of, I would say, equally um, Sid, his kind of young partner who is... Um, sort of a dreamer, like sort of him at a younger age, but um, a black woman, young sort of uh, entrepreneur um, who sort of has her own kind of like, I want to elevate this. And he sort of does, but he's shell-shocked from his kind of experience in that world. And and Richie, who was him if he'd stayed. Exactly, right? (laughs) And he's also, I I think it's fair to say, because it's right in the beginning, he's there because his brother has committed suicide (laughs) and he owned the restaurant. So it's sort of... Him coming to terms with that relationship and that grief. Uh, (laughs) What do you think of the bear? I love the bear. (laughs) I couldn't stop watching the bear. I love that things that happened very early, um, without going into spoilers, this show knows what it is from the first scene and pays off everything it seeds. And I loved that. I thought Jeremy Allen White was great. I thought the guy that played Richie, whose name I can't remember right now, it's like a Bon. He's fantastic. He's I don't know his name either. So He's good. So good. He was just in the dropout. He played John Kerry Rue. Uh, I saw him in something else as well. He was fucking great. Yeah. Um, the minute he said, "You Snyder cut motherfuckers," I was I was with it. <laughs> Sorry about the gun, baby, but he is so such funny. a scumbag. Yeah. But so funny and. All of the family stuff. The actor playing I, Sid also. Is she is unbelievably incredible. good. I was getting to her. I. It's one of these that it was kind of impossible. Like each episode is 25, 21 to twenty five minutes. Which I loved, and it was impossible. It was literally impossible for me to stop watching it. I had to stop watching it one night about midnight because I was falling asleep and if i missed a line i was gonna be sad i made myself go to bed i have watched this through two and a half times <laughs> i've watched the first episode with five different people because and it's i still catch something each time it is unbelievably good i love the bear i'm so glad it's already been renewed i thought it was great i thought i I thought it was great. I want to shake the writer's hands. I want to hug all the, all the actors. I loved it. What do you think? It's a miracle that this show exists, and I almost don't want any more. I'm just like, <laughs> it's such a perfect first season, and I'm scared. So it's just going to like yeah. end up disappointing me, because it is just a perfect... Fleabag did better in their second... It's true. Fleabag did it, it's so true. I think the bear it's can possible, it. yeah. and there's lots to mine. Like The characters yeah. are so rich. It does so many smart things where... 
you kind of like there's a gruff um, older woman who works there. You're like, okay, when is Tina going to come around and be nice? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. The way that, of course, that happens, but the way it happens is so like true to the character and mm-hmm. sort of like um, sort of upends your expectations about how these kinds of shows work at every turn. Um, there's every single character where, like, Sorry to go back to Nope again, but it's like, this is a show where, like, every single character is there for such a specific reason. Because there's a function in the restaurant that they serve, and they also have entire interior lives Mm -hmm. that you just, like, understand. It's so... So There's so much work that's gone into that show around the edges that Mm -hmm. you don't even see. Well, Um, so much work has gone into that show around the edges... That you don't even see, like, here's the thing. That restaurant is based on a restaurant in Chicago. They built, they went in, they took measurements, they built a set that is a replica of that restaurant, and then they shoved all those actors in there, and that's why it feels so tight, because they have, like, cameras down in the bottom to try and get you, and they've got them running around inside the actual restaurant. Wow. Books. Yeah. So smart, so it's good, so stressful, but it's yep. also so funny. It's hilarious. Yep. I really think it's more of a comedy than people give it credit oh, for. It's the like, Devry stuff. It's so was, funny. Oh my god! Um, and yeah, I love this show. I think it's perfect. My one quibble is what's up with all the fucking dad rock on the soundtrack? These people would not be listening to this shit. Like, maybe one of them would, but, like, to have it sort of be, like... They should make it a thing. Oh, my God, turn it... Like, one guy has control of the radio, and they totally. all... Totally. I mean, fun. it's all just, like, incidental music that's all right. in the background, but you're just like, come on, Sufjan Stevens, these guys would just be like, give me a fucking break. They're, like, not into this, like, sensitive shit. Okay. <laughs> um, but, wow, this, again... Top ten, yeah. like these. Man. This show, I'm just like everybody kept talking about it, and I was like, "What? What? What? Like another thing? What?" And it was mm. so good, so good. Episode seven. If you're not stressed out by the end, oh, there's something wow. wrong with you. That one was definitely stressful. I mean, talk about just like a bad day, like exemplified, which we've been dealing with lately. Um, all right, let's talk about one more thing we've both seen in. In total, in okay, total, in Bob's total. Bob's Burgers, the movie, yep, uh, which we saw while our friend shout Aaron Heron while he was here. Um, feels like a million years ago, and like a different lifetime ago. Um, this is just the movie version of Bob's Burgers. Yeah. It's I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ask I'm gonna you. let it's, you talk about it. I had a great time, yeah. but I'm not a Bob's Burgers official. Which I think says something, yeah. right? You were sort of like, oh, this is like delightful and silly, and it was fun to watch you watch it. You yes, know? And it's exactly. Like, that's what this movie is like. But I think. You know, Bob's Burgers, much like uh, Central Park, which we've raved about, same creators, it's same kind of talent people. It's very much um, just a pleasant, sweet show, yep. and they ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, and the movie captured it super well. I didn't, I didn't think like, oh, why is this a movie? This is torture. I also didn't think like, well, this takes us to another level. This is like amazing, genius stuff. Right. It was like a great long episode of Pops Burgers yep. with a slightly better animation and some like, a little more effort put into the yep. songs. I continue to find all the character work on that show just like delightful. There's just like a bunch of ridiculous characters that I love watching together. Um, all right, some things that I've seen the whole way through that you've seen part of. Uh, Miss Marvel, uh, this is the much long-awaited, um, you know, by many of us, I think, uh, sort of... Uh, Adaptation of the recent addition to the Marvel Universe, Kamala Khan. This was um, the first uh, Muslim kind of superhero, I think, in at least in Marvel TV. But I don't know about. I think in, in all the comics, comics, yeah. yeah. Um, created by um, a white woman who's a Muslim convert, and I think with some input by actual Muslim people. I mean, I, I know she's Muslim. I shouldn't disparage yes. her, um, but. She has conspicuously like pulled back yeah. from the property a little well, bit, which I think speaks to her credit. Yes, exactly. Um, what do you think of Ms. Marvel? You've seen half of it. I've seen, I've seen of half it. of it. I loved it. I am with it. I want to watch more of it. As I said, life and work. I want to watch it when I can really enjoy it. And yeah. I, I am happy with it. I, yeah. Yeah, I've I've read a lot of the comic. I I love this character, and I think they're doing a good job. I am a little confused by the change in her powers, which 
The yeah. reason it bothers me is that I think so much of the story of Kamala is that she learns that in order to be a superhero, she doesn't have to turn into someone else. Right. And they kind of took that away in their change of her powers. Do you mean which... about being the bangle versus the... No, I mean about that. The what her power is. Like in the beginning of the books, she turns into Captain Marvel when she, she turns into a blonde girl right. to fight crime. Right. And then she learns... A brown girl from New Jersey can be a hero. Right. And in the show, they they change what her power is, kind of. Yeah. I and th- I think they get there by the end. All right. But that's not from my readings. I have yeah. not. Maybe. I, I maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I just wish that that had. That's really important in the books, and I think one of the most interesting themes, and so I was a little sad to see it not happen. Do you know so. the giant twist at the end? Has that been spoiled no, for I you? No, not. Okay, so no, I'm not going to say another word. Me, um, I, have I know that this. the story isn't small, which yeah. also kind of makes me sad. I wish that they'd kind of kept it small for So her. on that note, I think that's my one complaint. I love this show. I love, oh my God, first of all, that, I'm forgetting her name, the actor She's that they really cast. So charming, so yeah. natural, so yeah. like, sort of like not what we get in these shows usually. Yeah. Just sort of like, kind of rough around the edges, but in the most delightful way. Just yes. like funny and pushing back against the very idea of like any sort of slick superhero thing um i love the family shit is fantastic oh good um the actor playing her mother is incredible and the father and there's so much fun stuff around the edges of this i was 100 percent in the beginning i love that they went to india and they talk about the partition and i was learning about the partition through a fucking kitty tv superhero show but it felt really overstuffed with stuff like there's a whole middle part where you're just like okay there's like three different seasons you get a sense of right. like they felt like do, are we gonna be able to do another season of this right. and well, like, and, it, and no show except loki's been renewed for phase so five and six so. they packed too much in and i think it was to the detriment of the overall story um right. i still enjoyed it i think it's worth watching um yeah and there's a, a twist at the end which is yeah you'll see okay we talk about it later. i'll get there um also, something that you haven't finished that I have, Stranger Things Season 4. Which is hilarious to me that you finished it and I haven't, I, because life. Got COVID. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I was, you know, usually I'm the one that's like, okay, hurry up and finish. Yeah. Come on, let's talk. And yeah. I, you know, I watched, I just haven't watched the last two, you yeah. know, the two movie length episodes. What, what have you thought of it? It's not good. It's terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I love Maya Hawk. She's turning into her mother. I think she's charming as can be. I think she's great. Max is my queen. I love Dustin and Steve. These characters, they're doing all of these characters dirty. I love all of the plot. characters from Stranger Things. And I don't, I think they're just, it's getting worse and worse, the things that they're doing to the, and I think that's why I don't want to finish it, because I'm And I'm, the last I'm two made sad. me more angry, because and, they're so fucking long. And here's my main question. After the first season, if you're any of these kids, why would you play D&D in this town? <laughs> Like, you know, you're just going to bring some other scarier, stupider monster to come kill you. Why would you're idiots? It is so overstuffed. It is so dumb. They just have keep they keep doing this thing where it's so obvious they don't know what to do with the characters they have. So what do they do? They They pile on three more characters. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to spend so much time with fucking Murray in Russia. Yeah, I don't care about out of your mind. Like, I don't want to see that guy. He was like an annoying. You have fucking david harbor that you have slimmed down to like humped him literally get just rid of follow murray. him get like, rid of murray and you don't even need to send one note writer to save him no like that was so dumb the, like the, one of the only things i liked was the thing between him and the guard yeah and his machinations of trying to get out i thought that yeah. whole thing was great and yeah. you want to make her worried and know and try to pray, pay a bribe from america fine yeah. but going over yeah this show ugh. is pretty bad and i have to say i don't even know if i'm gonna finish it next season i was like because i thought 
thought this was the last yeah. season. I, I really did. I don't know. I Mandela effect, affected myself into thinking this was the last season. And and they do a thing at the end of this, which I guess we'll talk about or not, but like where, get there. where there's a, a climax and you think, okay, we're done. There's like another 30 minutes like they're in fucking Tolkien and like, no. you know, going back to the Shire with the hobbits and everything. And you're just like, get to the end of this thing. I'm so no. tired of these no. people. No. Um yeah. yeah, I mean, I felt this in season three, and yet I subjected myself to season four. Yeah. Um, I did like, I will say, the guy playing Vecna is the creepy new bad guy. I thought he was sort of fun, but again, too long. He becomes fun? See, I don't know, because Vecna was not a... Well, not fun, but um, the story I thought was like, at least sort of fun, horror, tropey. Like, okay, all right. Yeah. But, uh, no. Right. Not generally, no. Um. All right, what did you see? You want to jump into stuff you've seen? I know we're talking a lot here, but uh. okay, um, okay. So we're going what to movies? Am I talking about? I yeah, saw Lightyear you've seen. with Parker. I saw yeah. Lightyear with Parker. Went in thinking, who asked for this? Why do I care? Oh, I, why do I care? Because it's one hundred and three degrees, and there's a bunch of air conditioning in here. That's why I care. No, I was wrong. This is a delightful movie. This is so sweet and funny, and you should watch it. And everybody's good and. Oh, you should definitely go see it. And you should also seek out the meme of um, Buzz Lightyear a la Chris Evans sitting in a booth in his Knives Out sweater. Because with the cat, it's very cute. Anyway, search that out. If you think, if you never thought you could think a, a cartoon character was hot, this this frame will change your mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, so, why do you think this movie, like... I, I feel like people were out to hate this movie from the beginning. Because nobody seen cared, it. and never nobody likes Tim Allen, which I right. Think, I think I think Tim Allen had a lot to do with why nobody cared. But I still think asshole, nobody but. really res- like nobody seemed yeah. to really like this movie, and it didn't do well. And I'm like, what yeah. what happened? You think yeah, it was just I'll like be bad will? interested for you to see it. Yeah, because I Parker and I really loved it. Yeah. it was really fun. I would watch it again. Nice. Um, you know, it, it's it's not one of the top. You know, it's not Coco. Right, but it's. Certainly good. It's better. I went in thinking I was going to be cars, right? And, which may have helped my feelings, about right? It, honestly, right. but I really loved it. Um, nice. I saw Thor: Love and Thunder. Thoroughly enjoyable. Really had a good time. Very large screaming goats. Natalie Portman's good. I mean, what, what can you say? It's you know, it's a Watiti Thor movie. You're going to have a great time. More of the same. Yeah, more of the same. It's fun. You should watch it. Um, on Hulu, I watched a movie about um, a documentary um, that I called Mrs. Snake Charmer. I think that's the title. <laughs> I might have to look it up and I'll tweet it out if I'm wrong. This is basically real life drop dead gorgeous about a small town beauty contest that is literally about like a town where they snake charm. Ooh. It's fucking bizarre and weird and like they treat it like it's normal. That also fun. saw the black phone, uh, man, old fashioned scary movie, super tense, not really gory. You could probably handle it, but scary, nice, scary, 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 scary. Uh, but mo- mostly just super tense. Um, Jeremy Davies as the the dad of the two kids was really good. Um, the two kids are both. Good. The little girl is great. The 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 kid um, that that is the premise of this movie. I don't I don't probably need to tell anybody, but uh, boy in the the eighties gets kidnapped, and uh, the ghosts of the former victims of this basically serial killer um, call and help him uh, try to defeat. The Grabber, played by uh, Ethan Hawke in a Which series I appreciate of... him doing a bad guy. I'm like, yes, Well, and he please. doesn't, they don't, he doesn't give him a backstory. He doesn't, he is just the boogeyman. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool that yeah. he was, that he was just like, nope, this is a bad guy. Right. And, and he's just evil. And that he let it do it. I was, I was surprised. It was a surprising lack of conceit in his ability to play this role. And be unliked. And I really liked The Black Phone. Nice. I thought it was good. Um, based on a Joe Hill short story, which I had also read, but I forgot I had read it, uh, from 20th Century Ghosts. 
Um, also, by the way, shout out to anybody who um, maybe saw us do trivia the other night. We're yes. going to do it again. We are now your favorite podcast that also does trivia. And Joe Hill was indeed a clue in trivia. Yes, he was. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are we moving on to more stuff I saw Red did? Or are we? Sure. Okay. I read a book called The Violence by D- uh, Delilah Dawson. This is about a... It it's, takes place after or toward the end of coronavirus in the world, and there's this virus that breaks out and makes you super violent. Um, an abused wife takes advantage of it to have her husband... Uh, uh, taken in, like she, she provokes him into trying to beat her and then says he has the violence and so that he gets arrested and she uses it as, as a time to escape from her kids, but then she gets it, but then she joins a World Wrestling Federation for people with the violence. This book goes places you don't expect. It's actually a lot of fun. Scary. I like Delilah Dawson a lot. Um, nice. She's got some social commentary. She did. She's done some other stuff about... Uh, she's kind of... You know, she's... I don't know. She takes. Me- I will. I will tie tie her into the Jordan Peele of societal horror. That's also sort of satirical. Um, so I like the violence. I read a book called Just Like Mother. Um, this is a creepy book. It's about two girls that escaped a cult when they were little. And it's a woman-focused cult, and they get together years later, and there are creepy, like, you know, those dolls that they give to parents after they have a miscarriage involved in it, only they're, like, high-tech versions of these dolls. Anyway, it's not a great book, but it's a page-turner, and it's... I recommend it in a what-the-fuck-did-I-just-read type of way. Nice. Paul Tremblay, as we all know, Fanny has been writing for the Paul Tremblay book for at least eight months. Was going to take the day. I had the day off on July 5th. I was going to wait until the night of July 4th and download this book and do nothing but read it. Turns out that the Kindle version was completely corrupted and you could not read it. Uh, Paul Tremblay and I are now best friends. Thank you to Twitter, but I had to wait a couple of days to read this book in the hardcover. The Kindle version is now uh, fixed. This is a very classic Tremblay in a is in his Shirley Jackson. Is this happening? Is somebody crazy? Is it an unreliable narrator or two unreliable narrators? It's the story. Of possibly a kid who's friends with a vampire, but who knows? Anyway, nice. Paul Tremblay is so good. This is such a great book. He is so talented. I will read anything he reads ever. His capturing of people, he understands people so well. I just, some of his turns of phrases. The way that he describes waking up from surgery and bone pain as an Ooh. as a finger amputee, a, a kid has a spinal surgery, and he talks about basically coming to and not knowing your name, but knowing you hurt. And yes, that is what waking up with bone pain is like. And reading the description of the kid going to the the, the appointments for the surgery, all I could think was, oh no, it's bone pain, and he's going to hurt. And I had this anxiety, and then he woke up, and the description of it was, I don't know if Tremblay talked to people that have had this type of surgery, or if he's had some sort of bone thing, but good God, it was perfect. Nice. Um, TV? Should I do TV? Here we go. I started The Old Man. <laughs> the highlights. <laughs> yeah, I started The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. It's very good. I've only watched two episodes. P Valley, very good. I've watched three episodes. The Rehearsal. Have you seen this? No, it's this amazing for you guys. I keep hearing about weird, this. This is some weird, fucked up yeah. shit. I'm um, into it. I want you to watch one. Okay. We're going to see one. what happens. Okay. The Wilds. I've watched three episodes. It's not Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Slow Horses. Oh my God. Slow Horses is so good. Everybody should watch Slow Horses. It's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Gary Oldman leads a whole troop of ex- of disgraced spies. Uh, Blackbird. Miss you so much, Ray Liotta. This is really good. Taron Egerton goes uh, is a 
like a drug dealer who goes to prison and has to get a serial killer to confess to his serial killing. Um, and it's based on a true crime story. And Ray Liotta is his dad. I miss you, Ray Liotta. Mind Over Murder is true crime. It's good. Girl in the Picture, true crime. I don't know. Uh, first Kill on Netflix is... <laughs> that was a very like perfect true crime review. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> first Kill is on Netflix. It's based on a V.E. Schwab uh, short story. I love V.E. Schwab. Also goes by Veron- uh, Victoria. This is different than V.C. Andrews? Yes, it okay. is. She is current. She is, uh, she is still writing. I really like her. This is a terrible show. It Uh is about uh, basically a coming-of-age queer vampire thing that I really wanted to like. And it broke my heart because it's really terrible. Like, it's so bad. Players, which is getting all kinds of buzz about video game guys, I hated it. It was not for me. Okay, here we go. Frogging, colon, hider in my house. (laughs) I watched the first episode of this show. It's on the Learning Channel. This is about um, people who discovered that they had people living in their homes. Oh, like in the walls? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. The first family, they found out, they discovered the man in their house. They, they basically nearly got a divorce because the wife knew there was something funky going on and the husband didn't understand. They came home from a vacation. The guy closed the door. Like, they noticed him in their house and he was in the husband's clothes. Oh, my God. And then the husband, then when they walked up to the door, he shut the door and said, this isn't your house. And they called the cops. And the cops found... Like, the house was destroyed, and then they found on the computer that he'd been watching them and, like, planned to do all these, like, home surgeries on them. This was all in the search histories. God. Because he thought that they were some sort of weird, bad alien, and he needed to make them like him. That sounds terrifying. It's uh, based on a, like, like it really happened. And this is a docu-series? Yes. Okay. The second one wasn't as interesting. It was just a bunch of, like, sorority girls who found a guy that wanted, that basically seemed to have been mentally not all there and unhoused and wore their clothes. wasn't as scary at all. So, yeah, that that's it. That's what I did. That's, that's some good stuff <laughs> and some not so good stuff, and I will watch some of it. Um, I also have a true crimey kind of thing, which I might make you watch an episode of after we've watched this. Uh, the Anarchist on HBO Max about a uh, Acapulco anarchy convention that is um, bringing together all these, like, divergent kind of, like, people interested in anarchy most of whom turn out to be just like terrible crypto bros um and just about the many different shades of terrible crypto bros um but it's pretty entertaining i have to say it's again i'm like i'm three episodes in and i'm like this could have been one episode (laughs) um that's what i will give frogging it just gets one episode house. for a new story, right? For like two one stories. Per episode. Yeah, I love that. Um, I did see Jurassic Park Dominion for my birthday. I did not make Fanny go. So, uh, you know, some props for that. This movie was so dumb. I had so much fun with it. It was terrible. It was like, like as bad as I thought it was going to be. There are... Um, dinosaurs running around Malta like chasing little laser pointers <laughs> like they're really vicious cats except they somehow remember where the laser pointer is on the person even when it's not there and still chase them um, there is a ridiculous um, sort of very cave um, d- dry, uh, dinosaur with giant long nails it's after Bryce Dallas Howard and maybe it's because she's in her heels I don't know it's like I want those heels it's, this movie is so bizarrely terrible and funny um i i feel bad for the original cast because they're getting their paycheck so who cares um pratt is just like this is his last i mean it should have just been called like the end of pratt because it really does feel like that um yeah it's dumb i had fun with it though it's i think it's like kind of worth watching if you just want to get drunk and laugh at some stupid shit um the sea Unlike that show, The Sea Beast on Netflix um, is an animated um, movie about sea monsters. And it's sort of this kind of like Viking-y sort of story about people that hunt sea monsters. This is a really unexpectedly sweet, wonderful animated movie. Um, It is kind of like just really well done. And it's a little adult. It's kind of scary in moments. Um, It's sort of touching. It sort of feels like, I think... Jeff Kanata on uh, the film cast said this, and I actually 100% agree with him. It's like what uh, Pixar should be making. <laughs> it sort of felt like, wow, this is like a, 
a really like good Pixar movie that just got dumped on Netflix. Um, I like this movie a lot. Sea Beast, really fun. Um, finally, I wanted to also do a book shout out. I am obsessed with a new author, not a new author, he's already written like four books and novellas and short story collections. Victor Laval, God, this author is so good. I talked about The Changeling a long time ago. Uh, they're adapting that into Netflix, but I keep now just going back and reading all of his books. I read Devil and Silver, which is, I think, a classic of the genre. It is sort of like one floor of the cuckoo's nest, but with an actual like monster living in the walls. It is so scary. Is he frogging? His character, it's definitely a frogging situation. The, char- the character work, he is so good at these characters that you just... It's funny, it's like, once again, going back to Peel, you're sort of just like, I don't even care these mechanics of these stories make sense. These characters I'm so hooked into, and that's obviously just like a subjective thing, and I'm totally into these characters. Um, Also, his other book, Big Machine, which is one of his earlier novels, which I'm really curious if you'd like, Fanny. It's sort of like a survivors of a cult, and sort of they get sort of re sort of gathered into this sort of a uh, paranormal sort of investigation team but then it kind of throws all of that out the window and just becomes about these like sad broken drug addicts um it's just like left you know like curveballs all over the place i just it's so rare to find a writer where you're just like i mean it's funny it's like i think what we're talking about with like peel again it's like i'm just like i don't even care where this narrative is going i'm so hooked into your writing and your character work that I'll just kind of follow anything you're doing. Victor Laval, um, yeah, I can't wait to see. There's a couple more. I want to pace myself. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where can they tell us? I'm sure some of these people have seen some of the Something. things we've talked about. It's been too much. A lot. Um, we promise we'll be more regular now that uh, at least the world still sucks, but we're um, in, in it more regularly. Um <laughs> You can find us on Facebook. Just search for At The Knicks Podcast. Uh, send us a tweet at the, um, at the Knicks on Twitter. You can send us an email at emotiontonicks at gmail.com. You can come out to Novel Brewery if you're in the Bay Area on August 2nd and co- come to our uh, trivia night. I come will say talk. Hi. Justin will not. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising, I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm at Fanny V. Darling on Twitter. And I'm at Justin Hartung on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.